Welcome to Sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. The epistle is from 1 Timothy chapter 1. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent. But I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I received mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of Ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. My friends, next time you go to Walmart or Barnes and Noble, go to the religious section. Yes, that religious section of books. What you will find are shelves full of useless chatter. Sure, many of the authors will look like experts on religion, But in reality, they don't have the remotest idea of what they are talking about. Frankly, many of the books in the religion section should just be labeled as fantasy, for they have more in common with Star Wars and Star Trek than they do with the Christian faith. Now, it may sound like I'm being a bit harsh this morning. However, I am merely repeating what the Apostle Paul, yes, the Apostle Paul told to Pastor Timothy long ago. And friends, some things never change. In our epistle reading, yes, our epistle reading from today, Paul wrote Timothy, Pastor Timothy, to urge him to stay in the city of Ephesus. The reason why? Well, Timothy, yes, Pastor Timothy, needed to deal with false teachers who had plenty to say about fancy family trees and make-believe religious teachings, but little understanding of how the Ten Commandments should properly function within the church and for Christians. Simply and bluntly stated, these false teachers were not only full of stupid and useless talk, but they did not know how the Ten Commandments should work in the church and in the lives of Christians. And so Paul writes the letter of 1 Timothy to show that the Ten Commandments and the cross of Jesus must be properly taught in the church. Furthermore, Paul wrote the letter of 1 Timothy to use himself, yes, himself as an example, an object lesson for Timothy and for all future believers of how the Ten Commandments and the cross of Jesus work in the life of a Christian. So considering this, 
what does Paul say about himself? Does Paul tell Timothy and you and me all about his spiritual accomplishments, his spiritual resume? Does he list all of his good deeds, all of his accomplishments, all of his trophies and Bible trivia points that he has accomplished? Does he talk about his integrity? Does he talk about his determination and his intellect and his will? No, he does not. Instead, Paul does quite the opposite. He talks about his failures. He talks about his sins. And then he talks about Jesus. Now, in case you may not realize that the Apostle Paul, yes, the Apostle Paul did not have the most pleasant of backgrounds. Paul, he persecuted Christ when he blasphemed and persecuted and insulted Christ's church in his former days. For example, Paul would incite violence against Christians to get them arrested and ultimately stoned to death. And yet, here is what is so incredibly profound, what is so profound for us today. Christ came into the world, yes, into the world to save sinners like Paul. Listen to what Paul says in a reading from 1 Timothy this morning. To paraphrase it a bit, Paul says this, I was a man of violence. I was a man of violence, but I received mercy. I acted ignorantly in unbelief, but the grace of Jesus overflowed for me. I'm the worst. I'm the worst of sinners, but Jesus accepted me. You see, Paul does not share his resume of sin to lessen his guilt, to somehow excuse his actions, but instead, he is admitting. He is admitting that he is a poor, miserable sinner. He's admitting that he has done wrong. And get this, he says in the present tense, in the present reality, as he wrote that letter to Timothy, I'm the worst of sinners. Now, dear friends, when we consider God's law as expressed in the Ten Commandments, We do not see 10 different tips on how to live our best life now. In other words, the Ten Commandments are not merely moral guidance. Yes, moral guidance and counsel given to help us improve our lives. Keep in mind, even if a person were to quit their habitual cursing and boozing and womanizing and blasphemy, becoming squeaky clean, that would not make them a Christian. God does not tell pastors to preach the Ten Commandments to make people godly. The Ten Commandments make no one godly. To preach the Ten Commandments as pointers and tips to increase your holiness is, well, get this, useless chatter, the kind of chatter that Paul warns Timothy against, is the kind of chatter that tickles ears to the point when Paul talks about himself and his failures, he is showing Timothy that the Ten Commandments, get this, the Ten Commandments bring about a knowledge of sin. The Ten Commandments are meant to condemn us in such a way that we confess sin. The Ten Commandments make us stop our mouths. The Ten Commandments stop us in our tracks, expose our sin, and bring us to our knees. Paul does not speak of the Ten Commandments to Timothy and then talk about how good he is doing in applying these Ten Commandments to himself. Instead, Paul references the Ten Commandments, and then he talks about his arrogance and his unbelief, his hatred and his persecution. He shares how he has utterly and totally failed 
to live up to those Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments revealed to Paul and revealed to us that he is proof positive, public sinner number one. But you and I might say, well, I'm a Christian. I'm no longer a sinner. Well, I may fall short from time to time, but to be a sinner, I am not. My friends, tragically, tragically, there are so-called Christians who walk around in this life with their noses high in the air, acting like they do not struggle with sin anymore. That sin happens to be a little thing that they conquered long ago. They pretend that all is well and that they are now living some sort of victorious life. Well, these individuals, they're misinformed. They are wrong and naive at best. You see, plain reason and experience and mankind's failure to live up to that perfect standard of the Ten Commandments tells us that we Christians struggle with sin, that we are sin sick. Not just in, yes, not just in the past, but every single day. In other words, even though we are baptized, our failure to uphold the Ten Commandments shows us that sin still remains with us even after baptism. Let us imagine for a moment that we gather together a bunch of Christians and godless pagans and line them up on a wall, much like a police lineup. And let us imagine that we have some sort of instrument that functions like the Ten Commandments that exposes and detects sin. Well, imagine this. We wave this instrument in front of every single person in that lineup. And what we find is that every single person, Christian and pagan alike, are detected as a sinner. Yes, every single person in the lineup is a sinner, the Christian and the godless pagan alike. And so what this means is that we Christians confess that we are real sinners, just like the Apostle Paul did in our epistle reading from today. We confess that no one is good, not even one. In fact, every single Sunday when we come into this sanctuary, we stand at the very beginning of the church service, shoulder to shoulder with each other, and we confess And we beat our chest, saying that we are poor, miserable sinners in thought, word, and deed. But baptized saints, keep in mind, this is not the only thing that we confess. Sure, the Ten Commandments, they reveal to us that we are sinners, that we have failed that beautiful perfection to love God perfectly in thought, word, and deed, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. The Ten Commandments, no doubt about it, reveal our sin. But the gospel, the gospel reveals to you and to me that Jesus treats us with mercy. Listen to this. Paul, he confesses his sin according to the Ten Commandments, but he also confesses with boldness and confidence that he has been shown mercy and forgiveness in Christ because of the gospel, hear this loud and clear. Right now, hear this, baptized saints. 
You could never have made it on your own if it were not for the sheer mercy and love and grace of God in Christ Jesus for you. Hear this loud and clear. Christ Jesus, he came into the world to save sinners of whom you and I are the worst. So that Christ could show us off as evidence of his patience and his grace and mercy. You are baptized into Christ. Therefore, the guilt, the guilt of your sin is forgiven. The condemnation of your sin is gone, buried deeply in the wounds of Christ. When we hear about the Apostle Paul and his messed up hellish life, we realize, my friends, that there is more grace in Christ than there is sin in the Apostle Paul. And that, my friends, is good news. It gives us hope. It gives us joy. Too many of us Christians fail to realize that our God is not some unmoving, impassive, apathetic God, but instead our God loved this sinful world so much, even when we don't deserve it, that he sent his only son to come into the world to save sinners. The Ten Commandments are indeed to wake us up so that we know that we are lost sheep, that we are a lost coin and a prodigal son. But the gospel is intended to grant us faith, knowing that Jesus seeks out sinners, rebellious sheep who wander away into dangerous pastures. Yes, the gospel for you this day is that Jesus runs to stinky, pig-smelling prodigal sons and kisses them, getting dirt all over himself while calling for a great, white, righteous robe to cover all of that filth. The gospel is that Jesus looks for pesky coins that get lost in those cracks of the floor. The gospel is that Jesus seeks out the deplorable, the wretched sinners, sinners of whom the Apostle Paul, you and me, are the worst. We are great sinners. That is most certainly true. However, we have a greater Savior that seeks us out, forgives us through his blood on the cross, and considers it well worthwhile. Christ seeks you. You are his possession. Snatched from the kingdom of darkness, placed into the kingdom of light, as his beloved dear children. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.